Welcome, world. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Ballin' is a Hobby podcast. I'm your co-host, Ib, Jay, Chris, Paul. How we feeling tonight, fellas? What's happening? Hey, hey. Good. Going on, everybody? Good? I'm doing great. Extra good. Good. Ready to talk a little shit. I'm going to just dive right into it. I think th- I think this is one of the bigger stories right now in the sports world, mainly because it was a story that we did not get a chance to really delve into during the Olympics because her ass got booted out before she could race. Shakari Richardson, she was <laughs> able to get a race in, yo. Like I was excited to see it because it was some of the girls from the Olympics that was crushing it up against Shikari. So we got a chance to see where did she really stack up, you know? Lacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She sat so up she, last. Yeah. <laughs> so she finished last, which was, you know, again, I couldn't have kept up with none of them ladies. So I still commend <laughs> her for being there. Like, hey. Right. But she, she yeah. it was a, a, a lackluster race for Shikari. And she had a crazy ass little interview afterwards that I don't know if that added to her value or if that kind of diminished everything we were excited about. So that's kind of where I want to jump in at, fellas. What's y'all take on that one, her being in last place? How do we feel about that shit? Because I was surprised. I thought she might at least come in third. Man, I, I don't yeah, know. I, mean, I was surprised. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. I mean, I was surprised a little bit. I, I figured that, you know, she would have been off for some time. You know, the way that she was on social media and how she approached it. Originally, you know, when she when she got the band, I thought she was taking it very seriously. So she was training, 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 you know, specifically for the next race. And that's not to say that she wasn't doing that, but the results were not the best. And I expected her to place better. I'm sure she did it as well. Um, but what I was most surprised at was like her comments after the fact, you know, I just feel off. like, I don't know, there's a there's a lot going on in her life and everything else. But there's a maturity level that, you know, everything you think and feel, you don't necessarily need to say. Um, and some of the stuff after the fact just was like, it didn't really add anything, add any value or anything to her brand or anything. But maybe she felt like she needed to get that off. I don't really know why. Um, but, you know, I, I saw the support, you know, on social media was kind of mixed. There were a lot of people supporting her still. And then there was a lot of people... Uh, black people included <laughs> that uh-huh. were seemed pretty much done with her at that point and then you know there was a, another incident seemed like that happened today where Allison Felix made some comments you know graciously in support of her and you know everything I've read it seems like the at least the media perceives it as she was then taking some shots at her so it feels like it's just one thing after another and in like any sport if you get no more for the contra- controversy than the wins Mm. That a you know I don't care who you are at some point it's gonna take away. So yeah. everybody like Conor McGregor, everybody loved Conor McGregor when he was winning this soccer oh, shit. God. When he started getting his ass knocked out, he didn't care as much yeah, anymore. You know, so punch that's kind of how I feel about it. That's, no, that's I mean, fair. I the only thing I don't blame her for is right in this right after the race, just because you know she's a competitor. She just lost. I feel like they shouldn't have shoved the mic right in her face because I mean, what is she gonna do? You know, yeah. She's going to be upset. She's going to say, you know, doubt me if you want to. I get that. I mean, you know, a more mature person probably is not going to say anything. But, you know, 
that's the only thing I don't blame her for. Everything else, it's like she's becoming like a caricature of herself, man. Like, you know, it's one thing you got like you got all the hair, the nails and all that, like it's too much. It's one thing if you're winning, but now it's just like it's just too much. She's not winning and she's just like you said, being known for for, for her chirping online and everything like that. Like even during the Olympics, she's like, Oh, do you guys miss me yet? Like Nah, that? we don't. Yeah, what's that for? Like you ain't here. Exactly. It's funny you should ask that because the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> We're not. I, you line, know, yeah, go ahead. I like I, I'm with Paul. I, I really feel like at the end of the day, you know, I mean everybody, you know, it doesn't even need to be sports, but you know, everybody can can, you know, train and, and prepare, you know, to you know, to perform, you know, and, and take on a challenge and fail. I mean you know that happens that's life um so you know for her to for her to you know publicly project that she you know that she still believes in herself and you know i i agree that probably wasn't the best time for a mic to be in front of a face probably also wasn't the best time to lose the presence of mind to not say anything um but but you know it is what it is and i don't blame her for that but you know i i think it I think what she did today probably indicates, you know, either a certain level of insecurity that she might need to deal with, or it could be a deeper mental health issue, Um, you know, but, you know, either way, I I don't think that what she said after uh, Allison Felix said what Allison said was warranted at all. (laughs) God, that's fact. I feel like she's taking on this me against the world mentality unnecessarily. Like when you're on social media, people are going to hate regardless. Whatever it is that you're doing, people are going to hate. Even with our podcast, I think Paul, you put us up on a platform. Yeah. There were certain people hating. There were certain people listening. That just comes with the territory yep. of the internet. True. So it sounded like Shikari, she heard a lot of people talking shit online. And that fueled her, as opposed to looking at the people that were supporting her. Because it was a mixed bag on social media when that whole marijuana shit happened. Mm. It was mixed. A lot of people like, yo, she was dealing with a lot of shit. A lot of people cope differently. Like, hey, she fucked up, but she'll be back. Other people were, were tearing her down. But she chose to, after the race was over, she chose to address everybody that was hating, as opposed to addressing everybody that was showing love. And I think that's just a lack of media training and a lack of awareness, self-awareness and just of awareness of the spotlight you're in. Like, come on, shorty. Like, everybody's not talking shit about you. There's a lot of, there's millions of folks that support you. So address them after the race. Like, look, I didn't make it, but trust me, I'm here. I ain't going nowhere. As opposed to, fuck y'all. Y'all know I'm a this and blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah. Like, you know, popping off. It's like, yeah. come on, shorty. Like, chill. And then to go after Felix, I think it was on Twitter. So I was like, man, now you're doing too much. Because somebody that's trying to big you up and tell everybody to support you, you're shitting on her. So now how do you think people are going to look at you at your next race? You thought it was heat on you before. What well, do you think that shit's about to go now? So I think she's setting herself up for failure yeah. and not success, unfortunately. To what to what Chris said before about mental health, you know, so that, that bright, when you see like that bright colored hair like that, that's a no for real that's a sign of like borderline personality disorder so oh it really is is. i mean you know or it could could be yeah that's so that's what that is but um 
to what you were saying, right? What she said to Felix. I mean, even what Felix said, to be honest, it was very supportive. I mean, honestly, I don't even think he deserved that support, to be to be real. So then mm. when he comes back out and says, oh, you know, when people say stuff to the media and not, he was fake. This, and I'm like, where, where are you going with this? Like, that was totally, it, was, it wasn't necessary. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Felix doesn't owe her anything. I mean, at that's the end what of I'm the saying. Day, Felix doesn't owe her anything. None of the racers owe her anything. No one owes her anything. Um, and that's how you kind of have to approach life. And I think that's a, as, as everyone else has said, I think that's a lack of maturity. Um, you know, Felix doesn't say anything to your face. The fact that that question was posed to her, she gave her an answer that was gracious um, uh-huh. and said that she, you know, she deserves support. That doesn't mean Felix got to call you up personally and tell you that she supports you. If she wanted to, that would be fantastic. But right. she technically doesn't have to do anything. No one has to do anything for you. Nobody and owes you shit. No, never, <laughs> ever. No one ever. I mean, you know, we can go deeper into that, but like, yeah, I mean, no one ever owes. Because the anything. thing is, when I when I read hey. what Felix said about her, I was like, wow, that's nice. I wouldn't have said that. You know, it was a shock <laughs> to me to see what she said that. So what oh. you saying about you know for what for real for what you saying about entitlement is true though because I mean it just seems like she she just feels. And like she feels like everybody owes her, so nobody, like you said, nobody owes you anything. Like you know, what I mean, if you if you do bad, like, and and a lot of it comes from the, the media, right? The way they're covering her, because I mean, you would have thought she was gonna go to the Olympics and win gold if it wasn't, but that was never the case. She she could have came like Facts. third or fourth, you know. So it's like, why why are you even giving her so much shine? But you're giving her that shine because she's an American, though, you know. And and I know it's, it was annoying the other um. The other competitors they're asking them about it all the time like why are you asking about this girl who's like not even talented as I am so it makes no sense mm. you know I think about it um, and kind of compare it uh, to Simone Biles and what she went through at the Olympics as well um, mm. and the reaction that I think the public and the media had to what she did and said you know versus what I think is, you know, a, a very different reaction to what Shikari has said and done. Um, you know, we talked about how, you know, she kind of brought some of the criticism on herself um, by, you know, by, you know, posing with a goat and, you know, using the goat emoji and stuff. But at the same time, her stoicism you know and her poise in kind of responding to the criticism i think was what was able to make it largely become a sort of better look for simone and allowed for the media to move on you know and kind of accept what she had to say where i think shikari might just be writing herself into irrelevancy yeah yeah absolutely it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's kind of making me feel bad for her right now as I'm thinking about it because you know a lot of it is how you present too, and you know I mean she is she's a kid right, but the thing is like, well how she presents nobody's gonna give her the benefit unless she wins man I mean sorry to say like it just it just is what it is I mean how you guys feel about that like you know yeah it just sorry well I think I think you're right Paul um yeah. and it makes me wonder you know whether or not you know, fair or not, whether or not that is the way that it should be. Because like we're saying, we're sitting here, all we know is what she's put on social media. We don't actually know what's going through her head. We don't actually know what's going on. 
you know so you know it's possible that she does have like a legitimate like diagnosable <laughs> mental health disorder and she, she may not even know about it you know True. so like you know so is it you know is it really fair that this is what she's you know being judged on and is it fair that her winning is the only way that anybody's going to care about her as a person I mean, it's just that's just it's just life. Like, I mean, I'm just being real. Like, starting from the name on down to like how she looks, presents, and everything. That's just that's just how it's gonna be. And then also when you talk about um, what you guys ent- entitlement, what she said, I, I noticed that she's like, oh, you know, everything I've been through, and and it's fair. She's been through a lot. When I think it was her mom that died, right? But I mean, to be fair. I mean, like you said, nobody owes you anything in life. I mean, it sucks, but that's just that's just how it is. <laughs> You know, and a lot it of people true. go through shit. You know, yeah. like you're not the yep. only one that have dealt with a loss. You know, you it's just true. happen to be someone that's in this grand spotlight. Yeah. But but to your point, Chris, yes, if you don't win, nobody really gives a fuck. Especially when you talk so much shit, and, and now she's putting herself in a bad position to where the next time your ass races, you better be number one or at least number two. Because if you don't. The media is going to pummel you because you talked all that shit to the media right after the race. To everybody that this and this, I'm here to stay, blah blah blah. Well, you better be here to stay and win, because if not, yeah. the media the media will push you to the point where you don't want to race anymore. Because that shit will fuck with you. I've never been in the public eye like that, but I just see, I, like I read stories. We all read the articles. Yeah. Imagine if you're that person reading those articles about you. That yeah. shit's gotta get to you at some point. But don't you gotta you gotta understand America's like and don't put yourself in a bad position, man. Like you know, <laughs> I think she's young and she needs. She, I think she needs better people in the corner, and then she needs need to like to maybe chill off the social media sometimes. You know, I mean, it might be it might be what it is. It's just like if me if I go if I go missing compared to a little white girl, nobody's gonna care. <laughs> it's just, that's, that's, that's just facts, right? It's just that's real. It's optics in America, you know. Yep, and right now her optics are poor. So yeah. I'm looking. To, I'm looking forward to seeing where where her next race takes her. I want to see her do well. You know, me like, too. She was a good story, so I hope it doesn't just fizzle out into the abyss. You know, this way, like you know, yep. to, to go. You know, to have, to smoke some weed. So now you're banned from the Olympics. Then you come lose to everybody in the race, and then you talk shit, and then you're done. Like that would be a sad story. I don't want to see that shit. But you know what? She's a but she's probably a good story to us. She's not a good story to everybody unless she's winning. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That, that part. That's how that I, part. Like, they, she's like, oh, she another. They, they think she's like a her rat and stuff like that. Like you know. And I, I get yeah. her. I get her opposition. She always felt she probably always felt like every everybody was against her and stuff like that. You just gotta be smart about it, you know. Yeah. You know, a lot of us feel that way in, in certain instances. Yeah. But, you know, once you make it, and I feel like she kind of made it. You've got to kind of learn how to navigate. Yes. And Paul, to your point, you got to have the right people in your corner gotcha. to help you navigate. Even when your mind, your mental's not there, yeah. you got to have the people next to you to be like, nah. Here's like she should have known how to react if she lost. She should have had someone in her corner to say, if you come in last place, yeah. this is how we react. And then once you finish with that media shit, then we'll vent in a locker room or whatever. But do not vent to the world. Think about what you guys were saying, though. You know, like, I mean, because mm-hmm. you're right in that, you know, everybody goes through stuff. And, you know, when you come from, you know, where you come from certain corners of America, 
you know, and you're able to make it, you know, you got to put yourself in a position to continue to succeed. But how do you know how to do that when yeah. you've never been there before? Right? Like, yeah. how do you it's hard know? to know what you don't know. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. Right. Like, to your point, everybody's point, you know, we're making, of course, we've got to make some assumptions here, but we don't know who's in her corner. They may not have the training either, but how do you know enough to know that I need to have somebody better in my corner for <clears throat> media training and understanding the situation or how to deal with it? I mean, when you come from a, a place where, you know, maybe you're trying to survive every day, it's hard to switch to thrive, right? Yeah. It's hard to get out of that mentality. When you're always clawing and fighting to get something, you can't just switch that off. I mean, that's what she knows. And look, it, if, if that's her story, and she's come this far to be, you know, the sixth fastest woman in the world or whatever. Um, you know, it's worked out well for her to this point, but now you're on a different stage and that might require a different skill set that she may not have and the people around her may not have. And now but, she's the ninth yeah. fastest, according to that last race. <laughs> she's and, you know, <laughs> the thing is that even if she would even listen, because her personality, who knows if she's even the type to even listen, especially being young at this point, you know? But, but but on some real shit, not to joke around, to your point, Jay, how do you kind of navigate when you've never had to navigate in that in that kind of arena? Well, I think I yeah. think you have to you have to go to people and that that are currently in that arena, like someone like, like Felix. Felix. Yeah, exactly. And Felix, you go to her like, hey, like, let me chop it up with you because I know you're going through or have been going through what I'm kind of embarking on now. How did you deal with it? That, exactly. Those are the conversations that, you that's gotta have. Ex- exactly, and that's why I go back to my point where I say, no one owes you anything, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would feel a certain type of way. That, no, maybe we don't know the story behind Allison. Maybe she did reach out to her. What if that's mm. something we just don't know? What if she reached out to Allison and Allison wasn't giving her support or anything like that, and now she feels a certain type of way about it? But at the end of the day, like I said, no one owes you anything. You no. know, maybe that's all she had for her at that time. But, you know, you're getting sponsored by Nike. You're getting all these things. You know, sometimes it's incumbent upon you to take those next steps. If you realize and you can identify where you have a shortcoming, trust and believe Nike doesn't want to support somebody who's not doing well. So they will invest at least enough money that they will look out. Now, I know Allison Felix had her own thing with Nike regarding when she got pregnant and all that. And I'm not going to touch on that. Mm. But the blowback that Nike got from that and all the the pro... um, the pro health stance that they have currently and all the social stuff that they've been doing recently with cap and all that trust and believe nike could have set up some meetings to help her out to do something so i I just feel like there's there's opportunities there you know a lot of the stuff of course is speculation but there's just ways to get where you want to get to but you do need somebody to kind of push you in that right direction if you've always gone if you're going really from you know surviving to thriving and that's what I call it like she's clawed her yep. whole life and now yeah. she's in a completely different arena so yeah so I hope that I hope that that was the case that you know maybe she did try to reach out and then she rebuffed her or something but you know me if that was me what I would have done I would explain that I'm not just gonna say what she said today on social media because then you're the one that looks crazy right like I would have been like yeah man I, I tried to reach out to her and now she's on um Kimmel talking about oh she was She's um, supporting me in this and that. I, I would explain it, but like what she did, she just made herself look foolish, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she put herself nah, in a much harder position. Yeah. She did. And that's just going to, that's just going to follow her until she wins first place in a race. Straight Cut. up.
it looks like you're chasing ghosts. It looks like you're chasing haters like that, like um, like something that's not there. Like she's trying to. It looks like the optics are that she was trying to support you, and then you just was hating on her. So it's like it looks crazy. Yep. So he, so he, so it, it's funny. So Allison Felix had those comments on Jimmy Kimmel Live mm-hmm. about Shikari. Stephen A. Smith was the guest host for Jimmy Kimmel Live, and I think it's a perfect transition because. I'm sure we've all watched first take at some point or another. It was it was initially Stephen A and Skip Bayless. Now it was Stephen A and Max Kellerman. Well, now it's just Stephen A and we'll see. Because your man Stephen A done kicked Max off, which I'm a little disappointed about, fellas, because I fucked with Max. <laughs> I've been watching him on his boxing commentary. Then when he came in with Stephen A, I was like, I like this back and forth. Like he's actually knowledgeable. Stephen A can't just talk his shit to Max because Max is gonna give him some facts to back up his rebuttal. But I don't think Stephen A liked that. So I just I wanted to see what y'all thoughts were on Max leaving and Stephen A pretty much bullying that man off the show. <laughs> it's, it's Stephen A and Stephen A and Stephen A, I think is what you <laughs> actually meant to say. Um, Yo, that's what it feels like. <laughs> I, I don't know how you say it's anything else. Like, I remember thinking... You know, back when Skip was on the show, like, you know, Stephen A sometimes just thinks that if he raises his voice enough, then you'll. Mm-hmm. I've never really like and listen, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him building his brand and becoming, you know, one of the most prominent black sportscasters in history. Like, I, wow. you know, there's no doubt about that. But. I do not care for him um, because of this fact. Like, I felt like Skip kind of got ran off, and now Max is getting run off. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it's really because Stephen A feels like the spotlight isn't big enough for anybody else but Stephen A. Mm. And and I'm not... I'm not mad at that, Chris. First, let me say, I don't necessarily like Stephen A. I don't like all the the wild, like you said, he feels like if he gets loud enough, you think he's right. But half the time he's getting loud for the sake of nothing. Yep. I don't be fucking with his takes most of the time. He just gets yep. hyped just to get hyped. That's his brand. And I get it. I respect it. And I'm not going to lie, to see a, another black man pretty much running ESPN, because he's kind of the personality for ESPN. When you think about mm-hmm. ESPN, who do you think about? It's probably yep. Stephen A. And fucking first take like that. That's like mm-hmm. their main brand right there. So I'm not mad from that standpoint. Black man, get your money, do your thing. But personally, I don't really fuck with Stephen A. Never have. I, I feel like he does a lot of buffoonery and shit, and just gets loud for no fucking reason. And, and I could never respect that. Same with Shannon Sharp. I'm not gonna lie. I don't fuck with Shannon Sharp on uh, <laughs> what's that she was huh? doing with Skip. I do not like that's Shannon that's Sharp wonderful. when he brings out. His fucking black and mild and his Hennessy. Like, I hate that shit. Like, come Ooh, on, Jimmy. Come on. <laughs> What'd you say, Paul? Coonan. Real talk. Coonan, bro. Coonan. I don't like that shit. <laughs> one thing about Shannon, he does do that. But one, Shannon, I think he's smarter than um, Stephen A. That's the thing. Like, facts. He, he gives facts and stuff. But, um, I would, yeah, it's just all about his ego, right? Because they, they try to frame it, the, the article already, trying to frame it as a best shot. I never got that from the times I watched it. I mean, Max is smarter than him. Everybody, everybody can see that. So a lot of times he uses numbers and stuff like that. And 
Stephen A is not ready for that. I think that's what it is. Like, he just wants to go based on emotion for whatever reason, yell and stuff. But a lot of times, and even with the even with the cultural issues, he shows Stephen A up sometimes. And, like, you know, it, lo- it makes him look like an Uncle Tom and stuff like that. So, yeah. Because Max will have black people's back and stuff. But, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it just seems like he just... Because I think what, they, what they're trying to do now is bring in, like, he's going to be the one stable host and bring in, like, random people from the debate, like, every single day or something like that. That's, that's what they think they're trying to do. I mean, yeah, Max was just too much for him, like, intellectually. Like, you, and, and, and Max knew it too. He'd be sunning him. So, it, it was, you know, <laughs> he I definitely did used to be sunning him. So, yeah. I'm a little disappointed to see it. I'm not going to lie. I don't even watch First Take that much. No. Like, I'm from, I know it's still going on and Stephen A is, is, is who he is. But I personally watch uh, Fox Fox Sports with Colin Cowherd. That's like my one sports like thing that I watch. Yeah. I fuck with Colin. That's the only person I really fuck with from a sports, uh, you know, sports radio shit. Yeah. I, Y'all I like to listen to Colin? I like him, but he seems racist, though. Like, he's really? What? Where that comes from? <laughs> I don't know, man. You might be bugging. I was yeah, like, he seems slightly <laughs> racist. I don't know. <laughs> like, Maybe y'all never got that. None of y'all never got that feeling. Yeah. Stuff you say. Yeah. Elitist white. I, I, yeah, I don't. I can't. I can't comment on it because I really don't listen to Colin. The few times that I did, he had weird takes about John Wall that I didn't quite understand. Yeah. But mm. most of the time, he seemed fine. At least I thought. I thought most of his arguments were backed by stats and facts and, you know, things like that instead of just being out there hot takes about certain stuff. Now, it might go against the grain of, like, social media and other people, but honestly, when I think about shows like First Take and I think Shannon's on Undisputed with Skip, a lot of that stuff is about hot takes. Like, they try to sometimes say the most outrageous stuff ever. Like, the way sometimes I feel Skip goes after LeBron is is just, like, it's wild. Like, Skip... (laughs) <laughs> I just don't understand it, man. Like he's a I get you don't, I get, I get you don't like LeBron, but somehow he can like always attribute something back to a LeBron's failure or something. It's, just, it's weird, man. Yeah, he got like, he be acting like LeBron's not like a top ten, top five player all time. It's just weird. Like it's just Yo, it's weird. It's weird. Shannon does the same for Brady. Shannon be hating on Brady often. Hating, but what, in the what, same what? way. But what um what's his name though? LeBron, like it's some sick shit. Like he seemed like he type he got like a poster of LeBron in his room or something, like fantasizing <laughs> about it. <or> <laughs> because yo, he tweeted out like the other night. He's like, Oh, I'm up at 4 a.m. and I'm working out. I know you are Braun. I'm like, yo, what the hell is wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> he got listen, some sick obsession with him for real. Listen, LeBron LeBron was the reason why Biden started pulling troops from Afghanistan, if you ask Skip Bayless. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's pretty <laughs> like <laughs> That's pretty much how it goes. I agree. It seems like a borderline obsession. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that um, I like I don't listen to to Colin much, so I can't really comment on him. But okay. the question that I've been thinking about with Stephen A. Smith is, you know, I guess how do how do we feel? You know, like you were saying, Evan, um, is it is it worth it? You know, is it is it worth it to support Stephen A. Smith because of what he's been able to do to kind of pave the way for black broadcasters to come after him? Or has he done that? I don't know if he has because, well, he, he's paved a way, but is that the way that most black broadcasters want their chance, their shot 
the opportunity to shine. But I feel like he's paved it in a way where he's just fucking cooning around, yes. jumping around, getting wild and doing a bunch of wild shit. Is that really what we want to do every time to make sure that we're, we're getting at the table, a seat at the table, taking the Stephen A route? I don't know. And again, I'm not hating like- on a man because I like to see him do what he does in terms of yeah. being the fact that he's even in a position to get Max Kellerman, this white dude, fired from his job and bring someone else in because Stephen A says so. That's a big deal for a company like ESPN. So I'm not mad at that, but I don't know if he's paving the right way for the rest of us mm-hmm. to come in after him, personally speaking. It's I feel interesting. Like he kiss a lot of ass. It's not- yeah, yeah. I feel ahead, like he kissed a lot of, ass, a lot of shoes, and shined a lot of shoes to get where he though, man. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm sure he's done a lot of good stuff too. But even the stuff with like Kwame Brown, where he highlighted, right? Like how he's always tearing down certain, certain black people and stuff. I mean, I don't know if that's the route you need, to, you would want to go. But I feel like you know, part of it is a catch twenty two, though. Like he is in a position where he has to be critical of players. Like if he was always positive and stuff no one's tuning in for that let's be real people tune in to hate like hate drives stuff if not yeah. more than love in any type of sport like you, you all know the teams i don't like i will hate watch certain people yeah. like i don't care like I, it pleases me sometimes that they fail does that make me a hater in certain instances yeah uh, and I'll, I'll admit to that i mean there's other people who do the same thing but Stephen A. Smith, I think, you know, from the stuff that I've seen, it's not that I don't want to call him necessarily an Uncle Tom or anything like that all the time, because I feel like I've seen him do quality stuff, and I've read stuff about him on, on like, the way he's kind of, like, moved up, you know, in, in, in the media yeah. and stuff like that, and how he does look out for others in, in that yep. sense. Mm-hmm. But I think my biggest issue is you know, you get these opportunities and it's like, how do you leverage that political capital that you have once you get there, right? Yep. You get to yeah. you get to the first takes, right? You get to the max Kellerman level. You can demand the 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 $10 million contract. You are the star of ESPN because literally the man has like 50,000 shows. Like, he's probably <laughs> yeah. keeping ESPN running. I'm not even kidding you. From yeah, the stuff that he does to him just being a black man, like, he checks every major box except for being a woman. I'm just going to keep it real, right? Mm -hmm. So when you get there, it's like, what are you doing positively, outwardly, not just behind the scenes, but outwardly too, to bring about change or to affect, you know, change for things going on in media and how people are perceived. And I easily can understand, Paul, why you say the things that you say about him and you too, like he Mm -hmm. does stuff that sometimes will just rub you the wrong way i'm like it's not even necessary sometimes i'm like this the way you confronted that the way you dealt with the situation the way you spoke about it sometimes it isn't even necessary but then sometimes i feel like i got to take a step back because it's just not the way that i would approach it and is that necessarily every time the wrong way so Stephen a smith you know he does his thing and sometimes i feel like we are critical of him and we should be but then other times i'm like just because he doesn't do it necessarily my way or the way that others perceive is that really the wrong way because if he's doing what he needs to do you know expending his political capital whatever he needs to do then how does that really reflect upon his overall legacy and i think that's just a question i don't know the answer to that question but so i think that is i gotta i have a question to ask you to to kind of dovetail off of that point then though um what 
do you think he should have done, if anything, with regards to this Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor situation? Because I don't recall him I've saying it publicly. Mm. Like, if if the goal is to right. you know make the ends justify the means by you know maybe shucking and jiving in front of the camera so that you gain all this leverage, and then you you know in turn are trying to pull you know lift as you climb and you know and pull others young black talent you know up through the ranks of espn why is it that maria taylor ended up leaving espn and it took this long to but not just maria taylor rachel nichols because jamel hill left too um yeah well kari left too i mean there's been a a yeah. lot of change and a lot of black women, I will say, have left ESPN probably in the, what, the last two, three, four years. Um, yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Like, I don't know their interactions with them. Like, even on social media, I've never really seen that type of stuff addressed by, I feel like, any of the women. I mean, they might have a great relationship with them. I have no idea. But to your point, Chris, I, I mean, that is an interesting question. I don't know. I mean... I, I'm from a place where, you know, even in corporate America, when you deal with certain stuff, a lot of stuff is behind the scenes. But yeah. there's times where you got to be out front with it. Like you got to uh-huh. kind of take a stand and let the chips fall where they may. If that's what you're if that's what you're ultimately about, because you can make all the moves you want to in the shadow. But when you start putting public pressure on public companies, um, that can make a bigger difference. I'm just going to keep it real. And yeah. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> y'all want me to be real with y'all? I don't be ordering real with y'all, right? What it is. Stephen A, Stephen A is by himself, man. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be real. You know, we have some issues in our community, right? Amongst the different segments, right? So, you know, African-Americans, um, West Indian-Americans, Africans, right? We have issues there that need to be resolved, right? And uh-huh. I'm real with y'all. From what it's, I'm, I'm West Indian, right? But what it seemed like, I don't think that man's for y'all. I mean, just be real. Like, yeah. he, he grew up, I mean, his parents, his mom is Jamaican, Jamaican household, whatever, right? I just don't, from the things he says, I don't think, I don't think he's for y'all like that. Like, I'm just be real, you know? And that's where, it comes, where even with, um, with Max, you know, sometimes like he was, Max would seem like he was more for, for the culture and for the cause than he was, you know? You, do you think yeah you think he benefits like he he uses you know i guess his identity or his image as a as an african-american man to, to help him advance but has no interest in actually helping absolutely his means aren't going to the same ends that we may think i think it was either you jay or chris you mentioned are the means justifying the ends his end's not the same that ours would be if we were in that position. I think he's out for, you know, he wants to push himself forward, forward, and I get that. Yeah. I can't fault him for that. But I don't think his his end is to then pull another young brother up to yeah. then come in behind you. I don't, I, I never got that from Stephen A. I think, and I'm not faulting him for him. It's not everybody's plight to yeah. fight all of our battles. Like some people are like, true. look, I'm getting mine. Yeah. And I've paved my way. You can look at what I've done and try to pave your way, but it's not my duty to pull you up. Like you got to figure it out. So it, I feel like that's where he's coming from, personally. I think he, you know, I think he's for himself, and maybe I don't know. Maybe he just he might not. I don't know. I mean, I I see he's always repping Queens, but maybe he doesn't rock with African American culture like that. I don't know. I mean, that's just, he just seems 
But I he feel did. like he didn't he go to HBCU. He might. Yeah, I and I think he's I think he's a Q too. Like he's an Omega. Like yeah. I can't see him not rocking with the culture. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have his own self interest above others. Like I'm not I'm not yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know because if, I mean like I said I, I follow Stephen A. Smith a little bit, but I will tell you I'm not really into ESPN and I have not been for a while. Their whole Patriot hate thing. Like, a couple of decades <laughs> completely turned me off to them. Like yeah. they were on a mission to destroy my path, and I just thought it was corny. But I really don't pay attention to anything ESPN has to say, other than breaking news. Like if somebody tore an ACL, I want to know for fantasy reasons, my fantasy football yep. reasons, and I keep it moving. Like I, I don't really pay attention to ESPN and the talking heads there. But to your point, I mean, clearly he could definitely be out for himself. And to your point, Ibn, that definitely is not everybody's play to bring somebody else up. You know, it doesn't yep. like that. That's yeah. his thing. Yeah. You know, the the thing for me is, you know, like you were saying, Jared, sometimes a lot of this stuff happens behind the scenes and sometimes it happens publicly and actions speak louder than words. But when you're on television, your actions, your words can be your actions. And for mm-hmm. me, I think it was a very, very loud silence for this Maria Taylor, Rachel Nichols situation to go down and to not hear anything from him. Because like you were saying, he runs ESPN. And so he is the preeminent voice and Uh in the perfect position to have said something and potentially move that needle. He runs that franchise like LeBron runs whatever franchise he's on. And... And so for him to not say anything to me was very telling because I don't think he was worried about his next paycheck. Mm. No. So I I don't know, man. You know, the whole Rachel Nichols thing, like I, I feel like if you're ESPN and you're and you're sort of looking inward, I don't understand why it took you this long to realize that if you were going to do this, you should have let Rachel Nichols go and kept Maria Taylor before she, before her contract expired. <laughs> um, you know, maybe it was too far gone at that point, but oh, I do feel like if, if Stephen A. Smith had, had said something, maybe things would have changed. Today's episode is brought to you by PT Solutions. PT Solutions is a business consulting firm offering innovative solutions to help strengthen your business. Now, what does that mean? It means infrastructure. It means support. It means coaching. It means development. It means advertisement. It means ensuring that your company gets to where the money resides. Contact PT Solutions today to get started. www.dcbizpros.com. So yeah, to your point, Chris, you're right. Like if if Stephen A would have said something, maybe something would have changed. But here we are. Rachel Nichols is gone. The other shorty's gone. Excuse me for not yep. remember her name. Like yep. a lot of things are changing within ESPN, and Stephen A is still sitting cush though. He's sitting pretty, <laughs> doing his thing, pushed off Max. So you know, again, yep. I can't blame him. I'm not mad at him. I can't be upset that he's not taking on the plight of the woman, of the black woman, of the black person. Like, he's doing Stephen A. 
I, I can't be mad at him, even if I don't like what he's doing. I can't be upset. I don't I don't like what he's doing, but one thing I would disagree with what you said, Chris. You think he has as much power as like where what um, LeBron has in his organization? I don't feel like that. I mean, as much as I kind of dislike him in person, I I feel like I just I, I just don't see that. I mean, I don't feel that he has that much power to be honest. I mean, because I, I, I always feel like he's he's always one thing away from getting fired because he's always saying something crazy, right? So I feel like you know he's yeah. He's always one comment away. I mean, I, I feel like his time is probably coming, to be honest. He's probably going to say something. I mean, it was a couple weeks back, what, that he said? He said a couple of things he had to uh, apologize for in one week. So I always feel like his week's coming, probably say something he can't get from out of under. Yeah. 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 You know. Possibly. Um, yeah, I see I, it coming. Like, he's making what? I think he's making, what, $12 million a year, though? Something like that. Um, you know, so, okay, so he's not... Maybe he's not like LeBron, like LeBron level in terms of moving the needle. Uh, what's that? That's that's like that Robert Williams deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's he's like that. But but who else? Who else is able to to make the rest of ESPN staff play musical chairs like that? Like, mm. you know, I feel like that's all. I feel like that's all that's been happening. You know, it's like it's Stephen A. Smith's world and everybody's just living in it. And they just they keep on moving personalities to make him happy or to give him more space. Totally messes up. They'll get rid of him, too. He says something he can't go back on or he attacks the right group, you know, who they would tear yeah. up. But no, to your point, I do agree with you that he has a lot, he has a lot of power. And he should have said something. I agree with that. Point. I felt like he he's, you know, he could have stepped up with, with that whole Rachel Nichols situation. He could have said something. If he was about that life, but the point is, he ain't about that shit. Because <laughs> that's what I take from it. I don't know what ESPN is doing though. To me, when I think about the whole Rachel Nichols situation and how they basically removed her from the jump and all the TV programs or whatever this is today, it's mm-hmm. like that story broke. That story actually happened a year ago, right? What leak was already a year old. Maria Taylor left. <laughs> Maria Taylor ain't thinking about that. So what is the now comeuppance on Rachel Nichols like you're going to change the narrative? Like, the narrative is ESPN doesn't do this shit right. We all know that. So what... I don't know what changed. Like, I just don't understand what they gained from doing this. In fact, I feel like it made them in a worse situation. They're trying to save face. Because Nichols is connected. I mean, we know her mother-in-law is what, Diane Sawyer. So none of this makes sense. I mean, none of this makes sense. And she (laughs) built her platform. She's knowledgeable about what she knows from everything that I've read and seen. Again, I'm not being into ESPN, but it just doesn't make sense. Like, what are you gaining by doing this? You're just mm. pissing off more people. Yep. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yep. The <laughs> smart the smart play was to just let this blow over, lean yeah. into Rachel, let her do some like public rehab PR type stuff, and then just keep it moving and accept the fact that you just can't handle diversity. Like <laughs> that's really ultimately if you want to well, keep no, it. Like, let's double down on this L. Yeah. Remind it of black you people mad, but let's make all women mad in general. <laughs> <You're> like, <you're, laughs> double down. They reminded so. people about it. Like nobody was thinking about that. Anymore. It was done. No one's even thinking about that. Yeah. I, I mean, I assume Rachel yeah. Nichols was already back, Paul. Like, I'll be honest yeah. with you. When they said, I was like, oh, the jump is not happening anymore. I thought that I'd been back on. Because, you know, basketball never ends, like I said on the first pod. Like, it, it's 24 7. So, 
And you know, they look they look petty too, cause like, okay, so she did something wrong, punish her then. Why are you coming back around like weeks later? You know? It's like well, it's like my kid does something bad and I'll uh, wait until he to sleep in the drag him out and beat him in the shower or something. <laughs> well, let's <laughs> let's be clear though, right? It's it's weeks after they got caught, right? Because like Jared said, this happened a year ago. But mm-hmm. it only it only was, you know, leaked that they actually that this actually happened a few weeks ago. So, you know, they they reacted to getting caught. They didn't react to the situation. Facts. But but they needed that much time to mull over her on punishment? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's amazing they get breaking news <laughs> for as slow as they react. They really don't though. I don't get any of my. Break- I won't. I won't pub the side I get it from. But I don't get any of my breaking stuff from them. <laughs> Yo, speak, speaking of mulling over punishments, yeah, my man Cam Newton from the Pats <laughs> is now missing five more fucking days of practice. And I feel like Belichick's about to cut this man. And if he's not going to cut him, he's going to put him all the way to the end of the bench and make way for that. He's not about to cut Cam. Yeah, I told him. Seven million. That's too much money to have dead money. (laughs) You said he was better than my man Daniel Jones. I told you to make him start this year, bro. (laughs) Danny Dimes sitting somewhere smiling. Yeah. Man. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say with Cam. Like, the whole story doesn't make sense. So, first of all, Cam had COVID last year, right? Yep, and fucked our season up. And he was not the same after. I'll just leave it at that. Yep. So, the NFL has all these new protocols for COVID, you know, what they need to do. Really not new. Just additional protocols because it's a new year. Mm-hmm. To some... I, was it some social event that was that he got approval for by the Patriots? But he ended up taking a test that's outside of normal protocols or something like that. And therefore, he has to sit out five days, I guess, probably to see if he gets any symptoms or anything like that. Uh, It's just weird. Like, how do you not know exactly to a T what you need to do? You are a professional athlete. Like, forget everything else. Like, don't fumble the bag. Like, you already know how the Boston media is. Everybody's hyping Mac Jones. Like I said last podcast. The man said, somebody in Boston, I won't say who it is, said the man was perfect except for an interception he threw. I've never seen or read anything <laughs> like that before in my life. Never in life. is perfect except for an interception he threw. Except but that's pit. where we are with, with, with Mac Jones right now. The, the, the I don't know how the fans are in Boston, but I know the media clearly wants him to start. So don't mm-hmm. give them an inch, right? Mm-hmm. Now he's getting first team reps all week. They're playing the Giants the end of this week. And Belichick has already said, this is a great opportunity for him. And there's not a damn thing that Cam can do about it. Like, there's nothing. I don't think Mac Jones should start. I mean, the jury's still on. He might turn out to be a good QB, but I haven't seen anything in the first few preseason games that light the world on fire. Like, people are hyping for him. But you know what the situation is. And even if he, Cam, is not the long-term solution for the Pats, which I clearly think will be done after this season with us, Yep. Um, you're still vying for another job somewhere else. So just keep your stuff together. And I'll end it with this. Just get vaccinated. I know everybody has their opinion on this, that, and the third. And we can get into Me that. Me being one want. of them. Yeah, listen, we can get into it because I, I, I have... I have friends and I have family that are 
completely against it. I'm not going to name any names, but I have family that is staunchly against it. I have friends that are staunchly against it. And mm-hmm. I respect all that. But like I said, I think on the first part, your employer can't make it a requirement for you to get that, that vaccination. And the NFL, I think, is doing everything within its power because it still has to collectively bargain with the NFLPA on the stuff to basically make that the stance. And the NFLPA Mm -hmm. doesn't really seem to be pushing back extremely hard because at the end of the day, players don't make money unless they're there to perform. And they don't want to happen last year to happen this year when they'll have uh, fans in the stands and they're actually hemorrhaging money by paying off these large salaries uh, without fans in the stands and just relying on TV rights. I mean, that's... That's my position on it. So if I was him, I probably would just would have got the shot, kept it moving. I know everybody says, you know, everybody got a choice in that. And that's true. Everybody does have a choice for the most part. But when it comes to private companies executing what they need to do, they have a choice too. And they can make that, you know, mandatory. Not in this situation with the union, but the consequences that come from that in this situation are just foolish to me. Like, it doesn't make sense. You're already on thin air, so why would you even go through that? Yo, like I, I mean, like I said before, Athletes are so willing to do so much with their bodies in order to get a competitive advantage. Getting a vaccine is a competitive advantage in the league. Your best ability in the league is availability. And Mm. that is how you fuck it up. (laughs) That is, this is exactly how you do it. I have absolutely zero sympathy for this dude. None whatsoever. Like at the end of the day, Yes, you can you can make your choice to to not get vaccinated. I hope that you feel as confident in that decision as you do in gaining the opportunity to get your job back now that you've been sitting for five days. Let's keep in mind that I'm pretty sure I'm almost positive that Max Jones has yet to throw a touchdown this preseason. And yet they are crowning him every chance they get. The second that Cam Newton starts throwing picks, everybody is going to be, you know, wondering when Mac Jones is going to jump in the game. Every, I, for the most part, I think people were willing to give him a pass with with COVID last year because nobody knew, you yeah. know, much about it. But you know, listen, the SEC has an eighty-five percent vaccination rule right now, yeah. and my Florida Gators are ninety percent vaccinated. And this is coming from the head coach who last year, in the middle of the pandemic was trying to get 90,000 people back in the stands. Like, if you can't get with it, you deserve to lose your job. <laughs> in football, that's how I feel. I mean, I, like I said, like, you know, um, or like Jared said, you know, people can make their choices, and I think the choices can be different depending on the profession. But I think when you play sports, like, at the end of the day, this is not the same choice as if you are, you know, a professional trying to you know like a white collar professional trying to make you know trying to make a different type of choice right now you know you have to get it or you need to you know risk losing your starting spot that's just the way that it is so two things right i feel like if you really you're really nervous about what what it could do to you then you know stand on what you believe on right but honestly i think half of it is too that you know some of these athletes they're really by nature they're um how would I say stubborn people, right? So they, a lot of them probably just thinking, man, you're not gonna tell me what to do. You're not gonna tell me what to put in my body. I feel like that's that's what a lot. In my opinion, that that mm. that's real. One thing, and I'm gonna pull from someone, a, a sportscaster that I listen to. He says, "I like my presidents to be presidential, and I like my quarterbacks to be quarterbackio." 
and quarterbackio, <laughs> meaning you gotta be the leader of the team, the face of the squad. You gotta represent your team the right way. And Cam Newton's second year in a row, yes, we have COVID going on, which is a nuanced thing for everybody. We're all getting adjusted. Athletes, common professionals, like we're all trying to maneuver through this world of COVID-19. So it's like, fam, how many other quarterbacks is Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson keep getting fucked up with COVID? <laughs> like every year. And it's like, dog, and can and unfortunately for Cam, like Lamar's not in the position where there's a, a up-and-coming cat from Alabama that's ready to yep. take his spot that's really perceived as the future. But in Cam's spot, one, he was kind of washed his last year in Carolina. He actually cost yep. me my fucking fantasy season. So I'll never forgive him for that shit. And then you got <laughs> Mac Jones that come in and, as Jay has said, the Boston media is touting him as the next best thing since fucking Brady. So they're ready for him to come in. You cannot allow someone to get any inch of reps over you. And for you to be sloppy with the COVID shit, like, yeah, dog, like, I don't feel bad for Cam at all if Cam starts for him. I personally feel like Cam should start, or no, that Mac should start over Cam. Because Cam's not the future for us. Like, I'm a, a long-time Pats fan. Cam is not the future. Mac Jones, they drafted him to be the future, straight up. Drafted him in the first round. Which means they think he's going to be that guy to yeah. take us to titles in the future. My thing is, let that man start now. And if Cam is out here not being quarterback heel, <laughs> then yes, let Mac do his thing. He's never been I don't there. feel bad at all. When has Cam ever struck you as a type to like attention to detail type of dude? He's just not that. That's facts. His talent and his skill and him just being a big dude That's what that could run over cats has kind of helped him. But now he's getting older. COVID has come. So you got to be more disciplined with COVID. And he's showing a lack of discipline. I, I can't even feel bad for a cat you know, that's showing a lack of discipline. You know what would be the best thing for Cam at this point? Is if they start Matt Jones, right? And then he struggles and they got a yank him. I honestly think that would be the best thing for him. Young. I mean, that would kill Mac with, Jones, though. You can't. I was just about to say that no, would kill yeah, Mac would Jones kill is Mac. It everything. Be good for He'd be done. But be good yeah, no, nah, we don't want that shit. <laughs> nah, I know you don't. Know, I'm looking from Cam's perspective, though. Yeah, because that's exactly what happened. If they start him day one, I think he'll struggle. They'll probably have to yank him. Be honest. I agree with Paul. Yeah. I think if we start Mac Jones, then you know that could potentially be, you know disastrous for Mac Jones's career. Like I said, I don't think he's throwing a touchdown pass yet. Like, he's still figuring out which way is up. The hey, bottom Chris, line. Chris, you don't think he's going to be good, you said, right? So I don't think he said I, that. What I said was, <laughs> if I remember correctly, I don't think any of the quarterbacks that got drafted yeah. should have gotten, high, gotten drafted as oh, high as they did. I do believe that, you know, I mean, I, I and that includes Mac Jones, but I do believe that Mac Jones has the skill set to work well within the offense that we tend to run. I I thought to mm. be honest, for the for the Patriots in particular, system wise, I thought Kyle Trask from Florida or Mac Jones were the best fit, and that's not just that's not you know you know my Florida bias coming through. Um, Kyle Trask showed the ability to throw guys open. I think that's why they drafted him in Tampa Bay to sit behind Tom. To, to sit behind Tom. Um, that was a great think, pick, by the way. Yeah. So, you know, I think that Mac Jones does have a chance, but I think he needs. To, I think he's going to need to sit at least a season. That doesn't sound like high praise, though, man. That sounds like you think the man's going to be like Ryan Tannehill or something. Like, <laughs> Ryan hey. Tannehill's solid. 
Like he She's might doing all right now. and win the AFC this year. Potentially. <laughs> I'm just saying it doesn't he doesn't sound like, you know, like you think he's gonna be like that, like the man, like that guy is like, you know, like franchise, franchise type guy that you're gonna be paying mm. I think he has the chance, but no, I mean, you know, but to be honest, I probably it's it's rare that I feel that way about about really any any draft pick. Um, That's true. You know, Especially so, quarterbacks. Yeah, you just never know. Um, yeah. But I mean, back to, you know, in terms of, you know, Cam like and, and leadership. Like that's not that's not what I want Mac Jones seeing. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, I think Mac Jones is probably smart enough to know. Well, if you want to start, you got to be on the field. So you can't let anything <laughs> keep you from getting on the field. Uh-huh. Yeah, you think he's going to be good? I have no idea. I just know the New York media said Mac Jones was better than uh, Danny Dimes today in their yeah. joint practice. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I said, but like I've always said, like all that practice stuff doesn't mean anything. When the, when the lights are on and things actually matter, I want to see how he performs then. But you can't get there unless he's starting. So... Uh-huh. I don't think he should start right now. I just don't think he, he's ready for that. I think it's going to be Cam for probably most of this year. But next year, I think he'll be smart. Um, so, are you saying, are you saying, Jared, like, I know you're saying you don't think that he should. Do you think that this, do you think that he will based off of what's happening? No. No. You don't think so? I don't think that, no. I don't, I, don't, know, I, don't, I don't think I think I think it's an open competition but he's really gonna have to show out because to me Cam ain't been that bad like I'm gonna be with you Cam but has just, he been that good though but he hasn't been that bad like to me in order for you to overtake the number one dude you have to be better than him and nothing I've seen from Matt Jones right now is better than Cam nothing uh, bro all this whole conversation why the hell did y'all get rid of Brady <laughs> uh, you'd have to ask Belichick and all them for that because Brady could walk in the mile and just demanded anything I would have paid that man no $100 sense. million dollars a year I don't care what it would have been that man no, clearly still have time left like they just, I just, it's just it's an ego thing I guess they both want to win without each other I guess I mean I don't know I'm no, nah. I don't think it was that I, you know I, well at least I don't think I don't think that Belichick was looking to win without Brady. I don't necessarily think Brady was looking to win without Belichick. I think that there was just, there was no longer a meeting of the minds when it came to, I think, Brady kind of feeling like he should be able to get some sort of flexibility yep. and autonomy in his life based okay. off of what he's accomplished. And, exactly. And, and not Belichick being treated not like every to. other Pats player. Exactly. Yeah. He's not yeah. he's not every other past player. You want to be treated <laughs> like that. Yep, he yeah. didn't want to work off an incentive based deal from a year to year thing when he's crazy. Gone he's crazy Super Bowls. And okay. Bill Belichick has his own mentality on what that means. And you know, I think it just had run its course, honestly. I think all relationships like that, when it's so transactional so transactional, like I just feel you can only do it for so long. And honestly, I'm surprised it lasted that long, knowing how yeah. Belichick is. But yeah, I think over the course of the back half of the 10 years after Brady got his injury, when he started to perform and achieve those really, really elite levels, because if you remember Brady's career, the first four or five years, he was a game manager that grew into a, an exceptional yep. quarterback. Mm-hmm. But he once he did defense. that for, you know, once he did that for over a decade, and then he's dragging and literally dragging in 2011 and 2017 those teams to the Super Bowl because their defense was like the worst in the league. Yep. Then at that point, you're like, all right, 
Like I'm not just some other yeah. guy that's a patriot. I'm just, I Word. am who I am, and I should be treated as such. And I don't even think he was probably asking for anything crazy. But Belichick is the way he is. Like I don't care what anybody says. To me, the Patriot way is not about winning once. And I think and I stand by this. And I might be proven wrong at the end of the season. And Tampa Bay is holding up another championship. But the t- Patriot way is not about winning success. It's about sustained excellence. Yep. And yep. that is done through sacrifice. And mm-hmm. I think that Brady winning this year was a reflection on just how great he is and how he's able to manage the game and motivate people and stuff like that. But the sustained excellence <laughs> that <laughs> the Patriots have for 20 years, don't kid yourself. You have to have great players, but you've got to have a person in there like a head coach that can manage that shit, that can manage all the ego that can manage all the stuff going on. And there's going to be hits and misses, but I think this year we'll see how Tampa Bay does. But, you know, I, Pat Riley said it best. There's always the the disease of more. And once you get that first taste, it's mm-hmm. weird to me that Tampa ran it all back with the same people. Like, that's really... All the same people. That's, I mean, from, <laughs> from a standpoint of, like, you know, you've, you've, we've seen it all before. It's great for the continuity standpoint, but, like, I feel like you need some new people in there just to be hungry, to get a new perspective. But, you mm-hmm. know, Chris maybe could speak to that a little bit better because, you know, other people I know played sports like that. It's just, I don't know. We'll see what happens this year. And I'm not saying they won't make the playoffs, but I, I wouldn't pick them to me as a Super Bowl favorite. I will say that. I could never. Really? I could okay. never. I think, nah. I think that that's, I mean, I think it's a great sort of recap about what we're looking for from Cam and I know you might think that he's still going to be the starter but when you talk about leadership and sacrifice I mean Cam did the exact opposite like yeah. and so for me that's that's why I'm like maybe maybe you don't start Matt Jones maybe you start Brian Hoyer but like I'm <laughs> at this point I, I'm so serious like I I first of all I've had issues with Cam's skill set from from the beginning not you know, not to take anything away from his from his accomplishments, but um, you know, he this is like he he misreads defenses all the time, and he clearly misread his COVID protocols. Like, <laughs> I, it's just it's a pattern there that that just seems to permeate the way that he goes about the game, and that doesn't mean that you can't be a great player. But it reminds me of you know that interview that that uh, Ray Lewis did. I think when uh, the Tennessee Titans defensive back, I think Kevin Byard or Byers or whatever, was talking about um, Brady, and you know Ray Lewis is saying that you know this kid is um, you know for the Atlanta Falcons is trying to go in there off pure athleticism, right? Like you you can't you you cannot just assume that because you have the physical ability and you've been able to lead a team with that athletic ability that you can be considered a leader for the Patriots. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, I just, I I have no, like I said, I have no sympathy for him, but I really do think I would be, if I was in the organization, looking at what you could do to send a message because that is not the Patriot way. (laughs) The exact opposite. Y'all way is different though, bro. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like Belichick should have figured it out with Brady because I mean you could have squeezed a couple more chips out of that, to be honest. That's how I feel like. See, that's another thing. I don't know. I don't feel like the Patriots are in the position to rebuild as fast as they wanted to or needed to with Brady, to be honest with you. Because I felt like even though I think what happened 
what they didn't foresee was that the cap messed up and COVID gave the what they had done maneuver the cap allowed them to sign a bunch of free agents that probably would not have gotten in normal circumstance. Like if COVID doesn't happen last year, the Patriots don't spend as much money as they did this offseason. And I didn't see a way that they could flip what they had, especially with an aging defense and stuff like that in the secondary, to flip what they had and then get offensive talent fast enough for Brady. And Brady won last year because Tampa Bay was already loaded. They were literally yep. a quarterback away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. facts. Yep. Facts. But you know, shouts to Brady that it took him to ring five or six to start feeling that way because it would took me to ring one or two. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't work <laughs> with your coach, boy. I ain't gonna win all the rings. You treat me like everybody else. Fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there can be. You know, and I don't want to sound like dude trying to relive glory days, but. Um, you know, in on a football team, you know, there can be a lot of different types of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so like, you know, for Brady, you know, and this is just me speaking off the cuff, like it could have just as much been that he was so close with guys like Gerard Mayo mm-hmm. or you know, or Jules or Vince mm-hmm. Wilfork, and you know, and he went out there because he had those relationships with him and then you know as they all sort of just start to dissipate and you know he finds out that Jules is probably going to retire sooner than later and Gronk leaves that he was like there's just not enough here for me to justify tolerating it winning can cure a lot having great relationships with with players that you know are going to be around can also you know kind of fuel and motivate you despite what you might be hearing from you know your coaches um but you know once that environment changes, maybe he was just, he was like, all right, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. And that's real because I think Aaron Rodgers, that was his exact gripe over the offseason. And yeah. I think I saw him speak. He was like, look, there was cats like Clay Matthews and yep. Greg Jennings and folks that we kind of let go that were good character builders in the locker room that, you yep. know, the Packers let go without even consulting with me. They let go of my fucking quarterback coach. So yep. it's definitely those relationships that I think us as fans, we don't look at that shit. We just look at what product are you producing on the field. Yep. But for them, they're people. So they're building relationships prior to ever even touching the field. So, well, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a big thing. That, that's a good point that you make, Chris. And that's, that's why I bring it back to Cam. Like, you know, and I'm talking about, you know, considering, you know, who you might put in his place. Because you got to wonder what the guys in the locker room are feeling and thinking right now you yeah. know like because if i'm because if i'm in that locker room and i'm thinking damn like you know the pats went out of their way to try and revamp this offense and yes this you know the you know the guys that they brought in you know will work for mac jones but you know bill belichick i think has been quite forceful over the past year or so about standing behind Cam even last season in a way that I don't recall him ever really being with Brady, you know, uh-huh. and and I don't know if it was to try and help Cam feel more comfortable or to boost his ego or what, but when I'm a player and I'm seeing what, you know, what the organization did in trying to bring in guys to help and then this is what he does, like, you know, it's not about being appreciative of the management. It's about, you know, respecting you know, the guys on your team that are coming and, you know, and giving everything that they've got to try and help you as a quarterback 
do as well as you can is you know and and you can't do that if you're not going to be on the field and you're not doing everything that you can to get on the field when they're doing everything that they can you know like yep. everybody's it's training camp everybody is already at probably like 80 percent right <laughs> like true. they probably are and they're, and, and they're still trying to show up and then you know he does something that's not even football related that then takes him off the field like i would be hot yeah so Rex, you same here. You expecting too much from Cam, man. You know what I'm saying? Just, <laughs> what? I'm expecting him to do his job. Telling, how, yo, is that, telling, how is that? How is that too much? Like, you, bro, man, like he probably ain't mean it, man. Cam just foolish, bro. Like he's always been like this. Look, so, I look. I got y'all Patriot way and all that, but you ain't gonna change people. Like, just, look, just, here we go. He was, he right. was an Auburn. <laughs> He was an Auburn accused of being a part of a pay-for-play scheme where he may or may not have gotten $180,000. And he made out of Auburn with a ring and maybe that $180,000. He ain't that foolish. <laughs> and he steal a laptop, though? Like, he's a... He was a freshman. He learned. Okay. <laughs> he went from stealing a laptop to stealing hundred and eighty grand. Facts. <laughs> Shoot. I'm not sure that he's the sharpest tool. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Anyways. <laughs> I don't think he I don't think he meant it. He, he's an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so so Cam, I personally think we need to bench his ass. Like he's had too many opportunities. He was some shit. The too last many opportunities. He was some shit last year in Carolina. He was some shit last year when he got COVID. And now this nigga's missing practice because of COVID again. I feel we need to move on. Personally speaking. Mac Jones is the future. You really trusting this Mac Jones, don't you? I'm not trusting him, but if we drafted him this high, I'm trusting Belichick. Like, dog, you drafted him for a reason. Let him play. Cam is showing him, showing us he can't be that leader of the franchise. So let's go on and transition to Matt. Matt yeah. hasn't shown us that he can't be a leader. He's shown us that he can be decent. He hasn't been some shit. He hasn't has has been some shit. <laughs> he ain't been some shit. He's been solid. Solid of, Out of all the rookie QBs I've seen, Matt Jones is at the top of the list of cats that have looked good. He's looked better than Trevor Lawrence. At it again. He's so been Matt better Jones than Trevor Lawrence. leading the rookie playing. class. Has he not been man. better than Trevor Lawrence? Nah, Cam was never my man. Ever since he lost my fucking fantasy season, I have not fucked with him. That was two years ago. But he's been looking better than Trevor Lawrence, has he not? Oh, yeah. Is that the standard, though? Boy. Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick. So, so what is the standard? He's going to a trash team. It's <laughs> I think Chris Pratt all these QBs looking like trash, bro. That's the nah. Can't see the rookies, man. Like I, I'm not putting too much stock. Listen, I'm all I know watches college like that so is I'm Mac good. is Cam backwards. That's all I know. So there <laughs> might be some synergy shit going on there. I don't know. He really is. I don't trust. I don't trust Mac Jones right now. I don't know what's going on with Cam. But you, you trust how Cam? my pictures do. I you said I don't Cam, know though. what I literally just said. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But what I do know is that I'm not gonna throw a rookie out there just to get him killed and lose his confidence. I mean, if they think he's the future, yeah. fine. But I think you gotta show and prove. I mean, he's getting his opportunity right now. So maybe he mm-hmm. shows out versus the Giants and they do something. I don't know. But right now, he's whatever. Hey, we gonna see. I mean, if he can shine against anybody, it's the fucking Giants. Cause they some shit. So I'm looking forward to that. 
<laughs> that was just for you, Paul. <laughs> I don't know, man. We gonna see. We gonna see. This. I think this is gonna kick the bucket down the road season for y'all. It might be fun it, too, but and know. it could be. It could yeah. be. Definitely no, that's facts. Be. Yeah, I'm. I'm not even gonna dispute that. I'm not gonna dispute that at all. What I will say, and, and this is a random transition. Dog, I was driving from Maryland to New York this weekend, this past weekend, and I listened to Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard's album, titled Dame Dollar. The shit was bumping. Like, I was actually listening, like, my girl was sleeping, she woke up, like, oh, like, what is this shit? This shit got a nice bop, and the shit was fire, and it made me think, like, all right, Dame Lillard's a ball player for Portland, he needs to get the fuck out of Portland, he hasn't yet. But he's kind of transitioning over to he's trying to be a rapper. So it's like, yo, like, how many cats have gone from one, let's say, public eye profession to the next and really made a difference? And I feel like Dame is on his way to possibly being a fucking rapper. I don't know if y'all have listened to it, but the shit was good. I like, my man I'm got, gonna yo, to it now, though. He got Lil Wayne on the joint. He got Snoop on it. Mozzie, who's a good West Coast rapper. Like, he had Raphael Sadiq on a joint. Like, Bro. this was an album <laughs> that Dame Lillard dropped that was solid. Like, good well, production. You know Raps he does straight. have money with those features, though. Oh, facts. Yeah, making $200 million. Yeah, he's making contract. millions. He's great. I, could. <laughs> I heard that, boys. Nice. I remember he Yo. the All-Star game. What was it like? A year before or something like that? Yeah, a couple years ago. I didn't think he did well, though. You didn't, you didn't think he did well? Oh. Not at not at the All-Star game. I remember that because I, I was like, dang, like he has no stage presence. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you can't be in the booth. True. So I'm going to listen to it. Like, I'm definitely going to listen to it now, Evan, because you because you, know, you did. And, and it sounds like it might be worth it. You don't have but, much stage presence when the playoffs come around neither. So what's the hell the difference? <laughs> Here we that go. That ain't right. <laughs> yeah. hey, you put that shit on the teeth for me. I had to swing it that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't got no supporting cast, bro. That's all that is. He ain't got nobody. He ain't got no help. But he has some help on these motherfucking tracks. I know that. Good production. I mean, good beats. Not bad. Yeah. He was on Sway so, in the Morning. Was he really? Yeah. Couple years ago, like he's he's oh, really yeah, trying yeah. to take that shit that. seriously. Yeah, yeah he how really much does worse love could it. he be than some of these dudes I had like the baby and shit earlier? Facts. You don't like the baby? No, nah, I don't. Yeah. I, like, I like little baby. I don't like the baby. I think little baby solid. He's like he's, he's actually one baby. of the be- better rappers I like of the new class. The baby, I actually, that's right. Tell me some little baby stuff I should listen to because I can't. I, I can't get into little baby. I hear oh, I all the great stuff about him, but I just can't nah, you get wouldn't into. like that's not a type of dude you would like. Anyway. So <laughs> I would say um the album that he just dropped with Lil Dirk um is yeah, fire. It's Voices of the Heroes. Yeah, Voices like of the Heroes. I like yeah. yep. Lil Dirk. Yep. That that album is fire. Yeah. My I personal like opinion. I have to listen to that. Um but to answer your question, it, um I mean, I think for me, it's The Rock. He's one of my favorites. I mean, dude. And really, you could say he has three careers because he made it to a Division One. Uh, well, Miami, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He went to UM. Like, yeah. so, you know, that to me, that is a career. If, if you're able to be that good at football, to be able to play, um, you know, at a college football at such a, at that time, a dominant school, um, you know, 
and then to to transition into wrestling and then to basically take over disney <laughs> it's amazing yeah, yeah. now nah, he, he's had a solid acting career yeah that, that and man's then, done oh. like 20 fast and furious yeah, you need to fucking stop <laughs> yo i think this is gonna be my last one the the one that just came out i think is gonna be the last one i actually did you I, see fell a, I fell asleep on it. No, nah, we started they need, watching. They need it. to make Fast and Furious the crash, the last fucking movie. That's what you need. Yo, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, you're just going out bombing tonight, man. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> that was no shot to pull up. You need no doubt. No doubt. Don't <laughs> no doubt. The Rock. He's a good candidate. I, yo, yeah. I feel like Joe Button was somebody that transitioned. Like, for me, he was one of my favorite rappers growing up. Yeah. And now my man's like a straight-up podcaster. Like, working with Diddy and Revo. Like, he's he's really built a career as a podcaster. But he was he was, he was fired for me. And, J, and Jay, I know you used to listen to Joe, too. Oh, yeah. Like back in the day, we used to fuck with Joe. And now that nigga's a public nice. figure on a podcast and so I gotta put him in that category of transitioning from you know rap to podcasting Nor- Noriega's done good with that shit too with the drink yes. champs yeah. yep. I yeah. think drink champs is, is one of the best podcasts out there what about Drake what? Uh, I never watched him on whatever that Disney show me was. either but I know people <laughs> claim that they did and that's where he blew up at and then he became it the is where he blew up friend. So, I mean, so we gotta put him in that category. That's true. You know, <laughs> you know, you know. I would love to see. I would love to see Drake jump in the sketch comedy. Nah, like you know, you know what it is though. It's the, well, the former president Trump. Who? You know? Depending on who you ask, Trump. it's the president. I'm just gonna say. Yeah, the former president. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, it's, that, that. But yeah, I hate to say it because he's not my favorite president at all. But Trump, yeah, I mean. He did everything quite uh, real estate, even though he wasn't that yep. great at it. But he did that. He failed. Well, he had three careers, honestly. He had real estate. Yep. He was a big yep. celebrity. And then he became the president of the United States. And he succeeded yeah, so in varying degrees and all of them. <laughs> yeah, really. The most <laughs> one, I really feel like, was just um, the shows, really. that's I mean, that's really how he scammed America, so, you know. <laughs> that's real. Like, yeah, nah. You can't deny but, Trump, um, though. I was shocked. I was surprised because I remember when I texted you guys, I was like, man, I thought they were going to flame me. I'm like, man, I hate to say it. I mean, what are we going to say? It's... I was like, I, was like, I hate to say it, but yeah, it's Trump. You know? I don't hate Look, to say it. I mean, it's a fact. It's just a fact. <laughs> yeah, right? the, man, the man won a national election. I know like, I've never done never that. be able to say he was a president. I don't care how many nope. times they impeached yeah. him. He was still the president. Like, yeah. man, that's a fact. Ridiculous. <laughs> <Yep>. That's true. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Nice Touch Editing Services. Nice Touch Editing is your one-stop shop solution for all of your content writing and editing needs. Whether you're an author looking for an editor for your book manuscript, you need a resume and cover letter to go after that new job opportunity, or if you're a small business looking to go after that latest government contract, Nice Touch Editing is the premier writing and editing solution. Feel free to reach out www.nicetouchediting.com Nice Touch Editing Services Now that's a nice touch
Trump is definitely like you can't deny the Trump effect. <laughs> like he went, <laughs> he went from failing at real estate to having that TV show to being the leader of the free world. He was yep. the most powerful man in the world. So when we're talking about who transitioned from one profession to the next in the public eye, you can't beat Trump. Even though yep. I feel like Dame is doing his thing with the raps, Joe's doing his thing with the pods. Yeah, fucking Trump. I mean, other yep. people you got to think about too is like Will Smith and then Queen Latifah, I think, yep. you know, transitioning from rap to their movie careers and stuff like that. I mean, most people don't even, I don't think even recognize that Will Smith was a rapper. They're like, Yo, oh, he's same, a with, same with Queen Latifah. <laughs> yeah. Like they're just, you know, they don't and even Queen Latifah's done both big screen and small screen. I mean, so is Will, obviously, but, you know, but yeah. kind of in reverse. Um, you know, because Will Smith went from small to big, and then you know Queen Latifah was doing mainly movies, and now she's doing TV. Yeah, um, I think you... Will. Yeah, because Will's become like one of the greatest actors. Like he's nope. top notch, and he started from summertime. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep, real shit. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know, man. Like, I've never really loved most Will Smith movies. Just You're not alone in that. You're not alone. <laughs> I, I like him. Thank you. Hot takes. <laughs> Big hot takes. <laughs> what you mean? I robot? I am legend? That was a good one. Bad boys? I like Bad boys? Yeah. So. Like Wild Wild West and shit like that. That shit was trash. <laughs> there was what the one that he did with his kid after Earth. Um, but he was already watched. He was already watched by that. Yeah, that was movie good. wise. I'm Hancock. talking about like in his prime. It was like you Bad like Boys, Hancock. Independence Day. Like Independence all Day. Pursuit of Happiness was a great one. I enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, though, I feel Ali. like Ali. I feel like for every good one he's had, though, there's like at least two or three where I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I've heard so that one of the greats he's had, he has like the worst like you know collection. That's probably yeah. it's probably true. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not knocking him though. I, I mean, like him. He obviously. does have some guts. He does have some guts. I like I don't know if yeah. Will Smith is a great actor or just a movie star, but that's another debate for another day. Oh, that, that's <laughs> I don't point. think those two are the same thing either. That's true. <laughs> I think that is an excellent point. I never thought of it that way. Word. He levels things, right? Definitely levels to this. <laughs> He's not Denzel. I'm no. just going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Facts. Yep. Yeah, and I, 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 I just thought that was interesting to bring out because my man Dame is looking like he's really trying to transition. Like, he's positioning himself for life after Portland or L.A., which is where he might end up yeah. winding up. I don't at. like Will when he starts when he starts crying and he cups his mouth and his ear go red and shit like that. You know what I mean? What? What does that man, mean? Is that right right now? You know what he's trying to cry? <laughs> It's right. like at the end of Pursuit of Happiness. Yes, you like that. <laughs> and, he, and he claps his hands real hard. <laughs> you wild. No. You wild, bro. <laughs> he was happy, bro. Let him be happy. <laughs> Let that man live. Yo. Hey. Fellas, I, this shit has been wild. This shit has been fun. I, I need to make sure everybody is following us on the show, social media. Instagram, Ballin' is a Hobby Podcast. Chime in. We're going to put a lot of good clips out from the pod. If you got questions, concerns, if you have hot takes for us, let us know about it. We want to chop it up with y'all. Outside of that, man, that's it. That's all, folks. We out this joint. <laughs>